Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Seed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is uh, Peter Lindblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, the DeForest Norskis, the Pointet Pumas, and the Lodi Blue Devils. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have Sun Prairie East and West, Marshall, and Waterloo. Episode 34, officially underway. And, yeah, some stuff... Uh, and a notable week, I would say, this week for us. Just uh, yeah. for me, it just seemed like a lot of uh, each community, I would say, had like one big thing that kind of happened this week where I was like, oh, look at that. You know, don't know if that's going to be, you know, centerpiece or whatnot this week, but mm-hmm. definitely something I want to put on the front page. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just basically been a fun week. And obviously, with the weather being just so cooperative so far to start oh. off spring, you know, we were talking a little bit before coming on. You know, we were able to hit up some golf meets this week. I just got back from the Oaks, which is just a fine golf course. And again, uh, the houses at every golf course. I have never seen a bad house on a golf course. <laughs> no, and no. It's such dreams, <laughs> such dreams that it's like, man, one day, one day I'll strive for it. But, <laughs> I was looking at one yesterday. There were like three decks on it. Three decks. I don't even have one. Yep. <laughs> and I was looking and I was like, uh, yeah, a couple swimming pools and just uh, oh, I, when I went up to Oregon, I was just talking to a buddy actually who was golfing at the Legend yesterday, and I was like, a lot of nice houses out yeah. there. I'm like, yeah, when I accidentally send nice. my drives into the residential area of the of the <laughs> golf course, I'm always like, yeah, that's for being so rich. That's not just because I'm bad at golf. <laughs> not Port- even gonna yell four. <laughs> yeah, Portage Country Club. <laughs> had you know portage really nice golf course like on the lake and everything like Mm. it was beautiful going up there to shoot uh i think it was regionals two years ago but they're in the process of building a house on a par three Mm. where it was like you had the green and then the house was basically like right there i'm like this is going to be a beautiful house but you have so many windows on (laughs) here in one slice and that's going to make the huge difference oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a fun week though. Like getting out to cover the Oaks because I went to it last year and it was forty mile an hour winds and like <laughs> thirty five degree day, Ooh. so a lot better temp wise today and just mm-hmm. seeing things so far. So I feel like we've been able to go out, kind of see some of our teams, see what's been yes. happening and everything like that. So Ryan, mm-hmm. I'll start with you. What's just kind of been like your biggest takeaway so far for the week? Uh, yeah, for your Sun Prairie and Marshall Waterloo schools. Yeah, it's a lot of softball, and if we're going to start with that, we have to start with the East versus West softball game from Tuesday. Uh, you know, the first ever East versus first West. ever, mm. yeah. But you know, a lo- none of these schools have really uh, embraced this being a rivalry yet, uh, it, with the exception of football. Those guys really didn't like each other this year, but um, that that's not like been shown by anything quite as well as the East versus West softball game because. What a tight knit group, you know. Went to state the state finals last year, and you know that that group grew up like not only playing for Sun Prairie together, but like in the su- in the summer leagues and things like that. So, uh, East head coach Jamie Olson told me after the game, you know, you want to win, but you don't want to beat them, which was j- j- the best way to put it because like the Royal Sisters are on West and were such huge components of that team last year, and so when they met, they came together for a hits for autism night where they. Uh, you know, had some autism acceptance because it's not called uh, awareness anymore. It's about, you know, it, it's a normal part of life, and it's uh, about the integration of that. And uh, they really keyed on that, and they had a, 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 an honorary first pitch, an honorary uh, singing of the national anthem. It was a really cool night, but, you know, there, there still was a game to be played, and it was, as you would imagine, a pitcher's duel because you had South Dakota State commit Taylor Baker pitching for East, 
and St. Louis University commit uh, Isabel Royal pitching for West. And, you know, hardly anyone got a bat on the ball for the first three innings just because, you know, how could you? But um, what, what really made the difference in this game was West is breaking in a new catcher, and that showed up with four drop third strikes in this game, all of which Sumper East beat out to first base. Mm. So that in and of itself is enough to lose you a game. But, you know, a, a pass ball scores the first runner. Um, later on in the sixth inning, uh, a pass – or not a pass ball, a, a, a chopper right in front of the pitcher, throws it to the catcher, misses it, run scores. But, you know, Baker helped herself out with a solo homer in the, in the top of the, the top of the fourth inning. And, you know, West really couldn't rebound from that. Uh, they did use some great bunting, which was I thought was a great call from head coach Ellen Presto to, you know, just get runners on base and see what happened. And so they pushed a run across in the sixth. Uh, but, you know, that was about all they could get off of Baker. And so East wins the first ever matchup 3-1. to one, And East is 5-0 and to start the season now. They beat Janesville Parker the next day. And West is definitely looking to rebound. They're 1-4. and four. Some, some, some Prairie softball is not used to losing, so uh, – I'm sure they're looking to turn that around. Yeah. Well, first, I really like uh, the uh, autism uh, accept uh, autism acceptance. acceptance. Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, I, really I stumbled on a couple times too. I, I, <laughs> I really like the, uh, when uh, schools do stuff like that. I know uh, Cambridge always does uh, like a pink out for cancer night mm-hmm. for volleyball, and they yep. did that with uh, Deerfield this year, which was really cool. Like the crosstown rivalry, you know, uh, coming yeah, together like for that. Both stuff. towns got like, or both teams got like a picture together at the end. Like yep. it was very wholesome night. There was. No ill will in this game at all. Yeah, 100%. And uh, for West, at least, it's like they're still tailing on that squad where it's like, yeah, one and four to start off, but it's like, oh, they're, I think they'll rebound. They'll be just fine. Just, you know, it, it's tough. To, their first conference game was Verona, and then they had to play mm-hmm. Sun for East. So, you know, you, you kind of have to throw the early record away and just re- remember, like, They'll get plenty of wins against the Madison schools and the Janesville schools and Beloit and and all and all that matters too is how you're playing down the stretch. Like yep. the, yeah. Like if granted, obviously it helps for conference, but like getting down the stretch, those wins for the playoff push, that's the big thing that matters. And if Isabel Royal's on the mound, she wins nine out of ten games. She just happened to be going up against Taylor Baker, arguably the best pitcher in the area. So you know they'll they'll be just fine. Yeah, um, I guess uh, I'll kind of take the reins next for uh, some uh, notable uh, pitching matchups as well, too. Uh, Monona Grove, Caden Connor threw a no-hitter against Oregon mm-hmm. on uh, Tuesday. I be- no, Thursday, I believe it was, yeah. Um, and uh, once again, kind of proven what I kind of thought earlier off the year. The pitching rotation for the Silver Eagles really solid so far. And Connor uh, was an honorable mention last year, uh, but he's really stepped it up so far this year. Um, especially with the no-hitter as well, too. So, Monona Grove, where it's one of those things, it's like they have such strong arms to start off. Uh, all they got to do, push across a couple runs, and they're basically, like, pretty solid. And also, too, another uh, underrated component to this uh, team, and it was something that the coach kind of pointed out to me last year, or something like I asked a question, he's like, yeah, he's been solid. Sam Baum is an excellent reliever for the Silver Eagles. Like, you, mm-hmm. it's, you always think, like, you know, like pitching staff, it's just kind of like all guys uh, who can go seven innings, uh, Sam really excels in just kind of those two inning rolls. He comes in, gets a couple strikeouts, gives up one or two hits, rarely a run. And to have a guy like that far in the bullpen where it's like we can go to in a pinch like that, I think that's really going to come out uh, key down the stretch. So uh, Cambridge as well, too, uh, uh, had a combined no-hitter, but I'll get into that in a little bit because, Peter, I want to toss it over to you and uh, get your thoughts on uh, some of your schools. Yeah, well, uh, we'll keep up the uh, talk about pitching uh major uh state 
softball matchup uh, this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Poinette, defending state champions in Division Three, hosted perennial Division One state power Stevens Point mm-hmm. on what is called the Diamond of Champions. I don't know why I never noticed that. They have it written on one of the oh, really? uh, dugouts. <laughs> so I thought that, I think that's a cool name. That's so I'm awesome. gonna I'm gonna go with that from now on. Diamond of Champions in Poinette. But uh um uh, gave me a chance to reconnect with an old friend of mine, uh, Tom Droner, the coach of uh, Stevens Point, who I covered years ago, who was a great guy. Uh, but uh, unfortunately for Tom, uh, they had a rough uh, night in this one as uh, Poinette came out with a 3 nothing win. Um, Holly Lowenberg, uh, who I talk about a lot, she led, them to, uh, led the Pumas to a state title last year. Once again, she was on her game. Pitching a two-hit shutout against uh, you know Spash, uh, who I don't know if they're as strong as they've been. I mean, they've won a lot of state titles under Tom, and uh, um, I don't know if they're as strong this year. But still, I mean, that's a strong Division One program. Yeah. So um, D three beating D one in any context. Yeah, I mean good. that's that's incredible. And uh, you know, she threw a, a two-hit shutout, uh, struck out ten. Um, she faced the minimum through the first three innings, had seven strikeouts. Um, and then, and it was funny, I was talking to a, a coach, uh, Matt Ramberg, uh, after the game, and, you know, he said sometimes Holly will really start out strong, like first three inning, just cruising. And then in the middle, she kind of slows down a little bit. But then the last two innings, she gets fired up and then just starts mowing them down again. Yep. So and that was kind of what happened in this one. The only two hits she allowed were in the middle two innings, um, and I – I don't think Spash had a runner that got past second base in that game. Um, so what a performance! Uh, yeah, Holly was she was on her game, and you know, talking about talking to both of them afterwards, uh, you know, they said they had a real strategy going in, uh, where you know, um, Holly talked about how she was going to have to throw a lot of balls in this game because she if they. You know, if she threw it in the strike zone, she was going to get hit, mm-hmm. <laughs> she figured. so. Um, and Matt Ramberg talked about uh, wanting to move the ball inside and out, and she was able to do that all night. And then, uh, you know, offensively, um, you know, they, they got a run in the first inning, uh, Poinette did, uh, threatened in the second inning. And then you're thinking, wow, th- you know, this could be a, like a one to nothing game, you know, really tight um, in the second or third inning, Lowenberg led off with a double to the left center gap. Uh, nice, just a beautiful hit. And then uh, she was able to take third on a wild pitch. Um, and then uh, a point at uh, hitter walked, and she was able to steal second. There was a pitching change. Um, Spash uh, came on, which uh, just looking at the two pitchers, I thought the reliever looked like the better pitcher. I mean, she was throwing it pretty hard um but uh, uh the, the interesting thing was uh point at the next two batters got out so you're thinking wow she's gonna get out of this but then grace kavinsky came up with a big two out hit and drove in both runs to give them you know a little more cushion huge and yeah. uh yeah it was huge and you know even though you know they had the three to nothing lead and holly's throw holly's throwing great you're always kind of like, geez, you know, it's still it's it's still a little dicey. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, point I pulled it out and uh, talking to Coach Ramberg afterwards, he said they played um, Spash uh, probably about six or seven years ago. And I think I think he said they lost by like, 
maybe double figures in runs. So, you know, this is a big win for a program that's a defending state, you know, Division right. three champs. But, you know, it's always a confidence boost to beat a Division one state power. So, totally. you know, they they appear like they're on track, uh, you know, for possibly another one. But one of the, one of the really interesting things about that game, too, was point at – they had one error, but really they played almost flawless defense behind Holly. There was a great catch uh, by the left fielder. I forget her name, but kind of an over-the-shoulder catch late in the game. And then there was a basket catch by the center fielder uh, in one of the middle innings, too, that, that proved to be a, a big play. But the most interesting thing was Brooke Steinhorst, who is one of the uh, uh, point-at players who is heading on to play college ball. She was in Florida. So they had uh, one of their outfielders fill in a shortstop, Morgan Gunderson. And she made a number of plays, uh, even ranging into the hole uh, between third and short and throwing a runner out at first. It was a little bit of a contested play, uh, but she threw her out. And, I mean, a huge play. And, uh, you know, talking to, you know, Coach Ramberg afterwards, he was like, man, she made all the plays. And that was that ended up being a big factor in the game. I love it. It's step up when you have the opportunity, yeah. and so good for her. Yeah. Um, and also, too, props for uh, seeing that, like how big of a matchup that was. Like early on in the season, sometimes it's tough for me where it's like, oh, I wonder what the yeah. good matchups are going to be. But right away, you knew what one was going to be the big one, and mm-hmm. you yeah. hit it. So great work, Peter. Thank you. I'm sure that as I'm always. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure the fine folk of Point Ed were like, you know, great work as always. Um, so I will talk a little bit about Cambridge's uh, no hitter. Uh, I. So originally it was interesting. They had it down first as three pitchers for uh, at, on the game changer app when I first wrote the article. Now looking at it, it's only two, so I'm a little concerned uh, <laughs> if uh, about the factual parts of that story <laughs> is real or not. But um, Jet Horton pitched three innings, struck out seven. Uh, Braden Lund threw two innings, struck out three. Uh, Cambridge opened up the season 17-0 win over Monticello Oof. Albany. Uh, so they start off the year 2-0. Uh, they also beat Clinton as well, too, on Monday. And so when I talked with uh, Coach uh, Coach Martin to start off the year, he was like, you know, we need to score runs. We didn't score runs last year. Well, this year they have got the memo because 17-0 against Monticello and then 13-7 against Clinton. Whenever mm-hmm. you're putting up touchdown numbers, basically, <laughs> in baseball, that's a pretty solid sign that you're doing stuff well at the plate. Yep. And so I got to see him a little bit on uh, Monday. And uh, they they have uh, been, like, really aggressive on the base paths, being smart with their pitches, like, you know, like taking, you know, working counts and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, and if they can get, you know, big starts from, you know, Carter Lund and all that, you know, that like, they have the opportunity where it's like they could be a potential dark horse in the Capital South. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool to start off the year with the no-hitter um, against Monticello, Albany. And that game actually got moved to uh, Racetrack Park uh, in Edgerton because mm-hmm. uh, Cambridge's uh, baseball diamond is at the bottom of a hill. So uh, when you have snow and rain, <laughs> that stuff just goes straight down. So, like, baseball is always the one to get moved. What were they thinking? <laughs> it's a great – I love that field so much because it's like everything's in one spot. And, like, mm. when there are moments where it's like – McFarland or something, or like Monona Cottage Grove, where you have one event in Monona and another in Cottage Grove. I really appreciate when there's just the, all the things in one spot, but yeah, that thing at the bottom of the hill, it sometimes doesn't work out for them. But they were able to handle the adjustment, no problem. I mean, mm. pitching a shutout and 17-0 mercy rule, I think they scored nine runs in the first inning. So mm. yeah, the Blue Jays starting off the year 
firing on all cylinders, basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely being a hypocrite here because Warlu has one of my favorite like high school diamonds I've ever seen. It's such a beautiful thing, but it's both at the bottom of a hill and right next to a river. It is asking to flood all the time. <laughs> if you guys ever get up to Baraboo, they have a beautiful park up there by the river. Oh, too. yeah? Yeah. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, uh, when I went and covered Sox City, uh, Monona hometown, Sox City had a really nice yeah, baseball diamond. Yeah, I covered them. I want to keep played them last year in a hometown game. I was amazed at how nice that Very. was. I'll have to get up there and in the summer, full. too. Then. It was full. Oh, really? yeah. It was packed. Oh, my gosh. Well, I went up there. It was week one of the NFL football season, and it was still <laughs> packed. I was like, good wow. for you guys. Yeah. No kidding. So, uh, enough home talent, though. We'll save that for summer. <laughs> yeah, we'll have plenty of that this summer. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Ryan, uh, Waterloo Marshall, what's going on down there? Uh, you know, baseball's still getting started, so we'll keep on the softball trend, at least for me. Uh, Waterloo, the, the defending uh, Capital South Conference champs, I was a little worried about them this season because, obviously, you know, they hit, got hit so hard by graduation, they lost the conference player of the year. And they also lost their best pitcher, or not best pitcher, but – you know, fastest pitcher in Sophia Schneider, who is uh, focusing on her upcoming uh, collegiate volleyball career. So, you know, can't blame her for doing that. But, you know, they've, they've really impressed me in their first two games because they didn't even get to finish their opener with Lomira because it got rained out in the third, no, top, bottom of the second inning. It got rained out, but they scored three runs in that time. And there, there there's just no question that they have enough talent coming back, and that showed in a 15 to 0 drubbing of Marcus Sand uh, last week Thursday I believe just a brutal game from them just Grace Marty their pitcher and can do a lot of the dish too has this ability to just take over games and this was one of those games I think she had four or five RBIs and only allowed two two hits like just mm-hmm. a stellar game from her uh, other players like you know names I talk about all the time in a lot of different sports uh Brenna Hebner, their catcher, uh, uh, oh boy, Ava Jenke, <laughs> their shortstop, you know, is arguably the best player in the Capital South this year. She is just a stellar athlete and that, you know, any worries I had about them are out the window in a game and a half. If that's if that doesn't tell you anything, <laughs> just about, you know, how, how strong their start's been. And then, you know, Marshall is the team that I had my, I was keeping my eye on coming into this year and they have backed that up and then some. I've, I've already watched them live. I watched them play uh, Wisconsin Dells, and ooh, they just rolled them 15-5. to five. And, you know, pitching depth has got a huge bump from freshman Kennedy Weisensel. You know, she only pitched the, the, the final inning for them before they run-ruled, and they scored, I think, like six runs in the top of the sixth and just called game, but or the bottom of the sixth, rather. But... Um, you know, Kennedy Weisenzell, in the time that she was on the mound, she was incredible. I think she only threw, like, 10-11 pitches. Like, just mowed. Or not 10-11 pitches, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I like got clo- you. Close to the minimum amount of pitches needed to get yeah. out of the inning. Just bang, bang, bang. Got through all of them. And, man, that offense gets going. One through nine, Marshall can hit the ball very well. I mean, Molly Fritter absolutely tomahawked this triple to end the game. Uh, I think it was either bases loaded or two two on. And, you know, it was like a 2-1 count. And she just said, you know, screw it. I'm going to chop at this one that's high up in the zone and just about put it over the fence. And, you know, I say 1-9 because she's the 9 batter. And one, uh, Hallie Weisensel, like, bounced a double off the fence. Like, this is a team from 1-9, to has so much, you know, power in the batting lineup. 
you know, and whoever's pitching, whether it's uh, Emily Broadbeck, uh, Ali Ritaiki, or Weisensel, you know, they got depth there. They have so much talent hitting the ball. Just, I'm I'm watching Marshall and Waterloo play today. It's Thursday, uh, April thirteenth. That is going to be a showdown for the ages tonight. It's at Waterloo, and I'm really I'm really pumped up for it. Yeah, I'm uh, going to be at uh, Deerfield versus Marshall tonight, which should be an excellent game. Uh, oh, yeah. That, I'll mm, talk about the yeah. Demons in a moment, though, but I want to toss it over to Peter to get his thoughts on kind of what else has been happening in his region. Okay, well, um, I guess uh, first of all, um, from what I understand, according to a report from tracktalk.net, Wanakee's Andrew Regner had the best ever performance by a high school or from Wisconsin in the 800-meter run wow. at a meet in California, the Arcadia Invitational, which when I thought, when I saw it on the schedule, it just said Arcadia, and I thought, why is, why is Wanakee competing in a meet in Arcadia, yeah, Wisconsin? Right. But uh, so um, evidently he ran a time of 149.35, and he finished third in the race. Uh, the previous best, evidently, was 149.96, uh, turned in by Watertown's Andrew Perkins in 2008. Um, so uh, another big thing for uh, Andrew, uh, he signed a letter of intent to run track at the University of North Carolina yesterday. There was a bunch of signings yesterday that yep, unfortunately same. I missed. So, <laughs> But uh, that'll be coming. Uh, another big thing. It's uh, crazy. He, got, he set a state record and got third in the race. Yeah, isn't huh. that, yeah it must have been pretty strong field yeah, yeah. No so yeah he's boy he's he's really something to watch so it'll be interesting to see how he goes on this year another big uh thing uh turnaround major turnaround for DeForest softball this year uh starting off the year six and two um they just beat Madison East 13 to three and last year that team went four and 18 so they've really turned it around, and they, they've uh, been hitting the ball well. They uh, just uh, the last two games, they've scored a combined 29 runs. Um, they also won in different ways. They won, had two one-run games, uh, wins over Portage and Mount Horeb. I think Mount Horeb was a 3-2 score. And they also beat rival Wanakee. So um, things are going good for them. Uh, Allison Parmenter and Hallie Melter are really hitting the ball well. And it seems like the pitching tandem of uh, Tristan Schroeder and Peyton Steffen is uh, proven to be a, a really nice one for DeForest. So things are going good there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, and you want to talk about, like, dream schools where it's like I don't have any connection to it whatsoever but you just throw Michael Jordan at me like North Carolina <laughs> and that Tar Heel Blue yeah yep. Chapel Hill very yeah. cool I, where do I sign yeah where right. do I sign <laughs> um yeah so uh great for Andrew and props to DeForce it's always fun when you have a team turnaround where it's like oh this team like could be really interesting and it's just yeah. fun because it's like you know, they get a couple wins last year, and then you could already say they already matched their win total, and that's just, you know, yeah. just going to be a fun season for them. So mm -hmm. it sounds like you guys are going to be spending a lot of time at the softball diamond. Yeah, I think like so. Yeah. West and DeForest play this Saturday. Yeah, right. Ooh, <laughs> Should be, be interesting. be another fun matchup. Yeah. Uh, I guess for uh, me to finish up, uh, Deerfield Baseball, uh, no shocker, they continue to roll through uh, conference play. Uh, Tommy Lee's threw a no-hitter against Parkview. So the pitching staff for the Demons is just loaded through, like, one through six, basically. And it's nice when you can have a guy like Tommy go out and just toss, like, a couple innings against Parkview, throw the no-hitter and everything, and then you don't have to use, like, another one of, like, your star pitchers and just give them, you know, some rest. Like, just very, very loaded. 
Chris Hahn continues to have a strong start to the year, not only pitching but also hitting as well too. So again, the, like you have like these all-conference guys that all came back, but then also too, Chris Hahn has had a really good start, and Landon Brotley, a freshman, uh, had six RBIs, I believe, no, or maybe five RBIs uh, against. Oh, crap, who was it? I want to say it was uh, Rio, maybe. I'm taking a shot in the dark. Uh, but they just played on Tuesday. Um, and so, like, again, just having so many different guys where it's like, like you said, with water uh, with uh, Marshall, I believe it was, one through nine. Yep. Uh, for their batting order, same thing with the Demons. It's like you think, like, all right, maybe you can avoid Fisher, Drawback, and Anderson. But then, like, you have a guy like Brotley having, going five for five for a couple games. Like, this team loaded from top to bottom. So, again, like, I've talked about it before, like the Demons, I expect them to make a deep playoff push. I expect them to make another deep playoff push. Like I'm 100%, I am putting all the chips in, uh, like 100%, uh, especially when I go see them with my own eyes tonight because Marshall will be an excellent test for the Demons to see totally. uh, where they're at. Uh, basically, it should be a great game. And then also to wrap it up, uh, McFarland, uh, not really anything with like spring sports, but a uh, major commit and announcement uh, this weekend for uh, girls basketball. Tegan oh, Mullaney, oh, yeah. one of the top players in the state, officially announced that she was heading to the University of Iowa, or as Brian Balaga would describe it on his Sunday Night Football <laughs> intro, Iowa. Uh, but yeah, a great commitment for uh, Mullaney. Uh, super stoked to have, uh, like, to go to that, like, top of a school and especially like when you just saw Iowa what they did with like women's college basketball and the yeah. show Caitlin Clark put on for the final four and championship game like Iowa 100% like as much as like I love Wisconsin through and through like if you take a DNA sample like Wisconsin blood is like <laughs> what runs me through um but like Iowa is a girls basketball as well too like a school like I will 100% pull for and especially like also to following in the footsteps of uh, I believe 2019 Gatorade Basketball Player of the Year in Wisconsin, and also Miss Wisconsin Basketball, McKenna Warnock, mm. uh, was uh, part of the Iowa Hawkeyes team, a starter, a key rebounder as well, too, as she grabbed a key rebound against South Carolina. Uh, but Mulaney will not be able to play with either one of them. Warnock is going to be uh, had an additional year of COVID eligibility, but she will be actually focusing more on dental school. Mm. Uh which obviously makes sense because that seems like it's going to be a vigorous workload. And then uh, Clark, <laughs> I think, has one more year and then would probably go pro. Uh, but it would be amazing to watch Mulaney follow in those footsteps of just, you know, so many great basketball players. Uh, part of that and just continue to grow the game of girls basketball. So it was really cool watching all that and, like, me getting hooked on it where it's like, fan, that was such a cool game. And then seeing Mulaney, like, 100% can understand why you'd want to go to Iowa in a situation yeah. like this. So. Yeah. Super great to see uh, her commit, and yeah, should be a pretty fun week, though, I would say this week. So we got Deerfield uh, versus Marshall on the schedule. You guys got anything fun on the schedule at all this week? I'll I'll, uh, dive in. Uh, Wanakee Lacrosse, who has been blowing everybody out this year, I think they've beaten teams 48-1 to so far in two games. Uh, It is a battle tonight, which is going to be too late for you to hear this, but they play at number one Middleton. You're gonna tonight. hear. You're gonna hear it on yeah. the podcast and be like, "Man, I right. want to find an article on this." <laughs> yeah, there exactly. We go. You can yep. check out the Wanakee yep. Tribune. Exactly, but it's the number three team and the number one team in the state. It's gonna so, be awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, you've got uh, Waterloo versus Marshall tonight, right? Yep, and shout-out to West Baseball. that beat the defending D1 state champion Milton 7-1 to to start their season. 5-0 and to start the program. Shout-out Wolves. Oh, we've got a lot of fun stuff on tap. But yeah, I got uh, Deerfield Baseball. I'm also going to try making it to Deerfield Softball on Friday, uh, but we'll have to see what the hour count. I'm ah. touching it kind of close <laughs> on the hours. If you guys want to get a little deep in-dive depth on uh, – yeah, I've got 37 and a half hours that I have to try to manage, and so right now we're pushing it kind of close, so we'll have to see what happens. But looking forward to getting out to the cover of the Demons for the softball program. They're starting to figure things out, too. They uh, Pitching's kind of settled down a little bit, and they're starting to put up some offense. So going to be a lot of fun to cover all the rest of the teams in the area, but that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of the Cap City Sportscast. For my colleagues, Ryan <laughs> and Peter, my name's Kelly and Seed. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. All right.